hottest commodity in middle of nowhere, Alberta, is the red plate at number one. No longer red plate, but Dan, he carried the flag for us. Ryan Lockhart. It's the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Noof Lockhart and Ryan Gold with your host, Ken Ken. Good day, everybody. Happy belated family day here from the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast brought to you by Racetech, Racetech.com, the only suspension company out there made and born in the USA, supporting riders like Trevor Collop, Lucas Marcellisi coming into this weekend in Arlington, and now riding on the Creo KTM, Racetech-supported uh, Tyler Gibbs, Canadian, joining in the fray this coming weekend in Arlington for Supercross. So uh, someone else to cheer for uh, if, we're, if you're stuck up in the north like the three of us on the phone here in Canada where it's cold and crappy and always wishing you were somewhere else. At least I do. I don't know how you guys feel. But we'll talk to the boys here. Once again, big shout-out to Racetech. Thanks so much to Checkers and the gang for supporting this show. We were having lots of fun. And uh, no interview in the middle of it because we got lots to get into. It's going to be a good time. Uh, lots of fun stuff. Um, some interesting information coming out as well, but uh, going to be a good pod. On the line with me, as always, are... Um, I forget always Ken says it now. The two personalities that everybody loves and hates. Something like that. <laughs> and and now it's Ken. <laughs> now it's Ken on the other hand. Ken, buddy. Yeah. How you doing, Ken Catton? Good. Good. Just hanging out in Saskatchewan here. Um, waiting for some snow. Still haven't got any snow. I want to get that snow bike out for a rip and then hopefully sell it before the year's done. But kids still going hard in hockey. They're just going into playoffs now. So it's like driving a lot farther, more often, more practice, stuff like that. But yeah, not much going on. Are you letting the kids fire pucks at you to train? Well, my kid is a goalie, so I get to fire pucks at him. Oh, okay. I was going <laughs> to say, you're the perfect one if he's like a, like a forward to shooter. You got yeah. you cover the net. So you're like, here, you got to pick these corners, and he just <laughs> smokes you in the kneecap yeah. or the elbow or something. Um, I'm actually also, Ken, um, I've, well, another ghosty thing. Actually, let's bring in our other guy here, the main man on the line. The hottest, the hottest commodity in middle of nowhere, Alberta, is the red plate at number one. No longer red plate, but Dan, he carried the flag for us. Ryan Lockhart, buddy. What's going on? Uh, I mean, have you recovered from, oh, what was just a whirlwind of fans and, and, and sponsors probably coming at you and free drinks and girls and the Rimby. It was amazing. Not so much on the, <laughs> not so much on the women's side, but the rest you got correct. Um, yeah, just recovering, man. It was a crazy, basically 10 days in and out, in and out, uh, exhaust fumes, dust, good racing, uh, some drinks, hotels, uh, West Edmonton Mall, uh, 5 a.m. flights, kids being grumpy and attitudes. And oh, geez, at 5 a.m., I guess so, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get into hot topics here quickly, um, Noof, do you, do you, do you, did you check our Twitter at all in the last 24 hours? Well, not our Twitter, but I guess it would be Ken's Twitter in the last day or so, a little over a day? Um. I don't know. I see him post about random shit on there, but well, I, that's what I'm getting at. So randomly now he is an old sled guy. I remember <laughs> the, the old 72 drifter or something. I wanted to pull it up here in front. Sled I was head. like, I don't talk to Ken for two weeks. And then I learned now he's this old sled guy and he gets into these full conversations with people on Twitter. 
I'm just like, what the hell is he talking about? Now he's a sled guy. <laughs> he, I, he does post a lot on his personal Twitter. It pops up. But, I um, feel like I, that should be, I mean, if there was pay, you'd get to dock and pay. You should be posting on CMXU. About old sleds? <laughs> yeah, about anything. Okay. Get a conversation going, man. Yeah. I always yeah, wonder I, with the, with our podcast account, like, they don't know who's talking, so... Who cares? That's like, the best part. I guess you part. just have to introduce yourself or just say this is Ken here or something like that. But yeah. I'm pretty sure majority of people know it's me because I'm usually shit talking new. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how I got to go with it. Right. So and then if you come on, it's way more intellectual. So I got like, oh, that's probably Ken <laughs> <laughs> doing it. So, so um, and to touch on you shit talking me about my uh, uh, bad reporting skills. One, I'm not a media guy. I'm a podcast guy. What's the difference? Well, I don't know. I'm sure if you go. Google it. There's well, all I'm saying is I, I figured I would wake up to get like, you know, a top five where I could throw a tweet out something like I got like literally three messages from you over the two weekends. I got one of the top five and then it said, but the scores are screwed up. We're unsure about the results. The other yeah. one was McNabb is in Rimby. And the other one was a picture of the Super Bowl. That's it. That's all we got over four rounds of racing from you. Well, it's hard. Be- <laughs> it's weird. Like in that barn, there's zero service. Like the phone does not work inside the barn. So I'd have to walk outside to be able to get any service. Uh. And it was cold, man. Like I. That's actually uh, what's her face there, Jessica. She shared that because she was doing some pictures for us and doing some reels and videos and stuff. And yeah, and she said that she said it's she's like it's crazy that the inside of this barn you can't get any signal. There's too many people. It was like being at like motocross the nations where the phones wouldn't work, right? Yeah, uh, everybody just has a number one noof tattoo on them, eh? From the, yeah, the fans. Blake Davies is a bit of a star in Wimby right now. Might have, yeah. Imagine, yeah. imagine if he was like nineteen, twenty. Oh my god. Right? Oh, he'll be there. Yeah. If it was me, I definitely would be buying a house in Rimby. Um, I don't think they even cared if he was 19 or 20 because he is a huge kid. Like he's big. Yeah. He older yeah. than what he is until you hear him talk. Yeah. True enough. <laughs> um, okay. Um, we got lots to talk about here. Obviously, Rimby, bike show stuff, a couple of team things, some other little hot topics, some injuries, catch it up on. We're a sponsor of something now we're going to get into. But uh, Noof, I guess this is pretty big news, um, and it hasn't quite hit the light of day yet, but because of who you are and where you are in the situation, uh, we're able to kind of maybe let it out of the bag a little bit earlier than others. Um, Jacob Piccolo, um, We've we we know the the story we're we're aware of it because of uh, where we are in the industry but uh, uh, not good things over there man let's uh, why don't you give us your uh, give us an update on Jacob Piccolo yeah I mean um, I can't really dive in too deep into the meat and potatoes yet I would expect that you'll see uh, something come out of his camp here in the next little bit <coughs> once some things get figured out but uh, basically uh, him and uh, GDR Honda have parted ways uh, moving into 2024 so. For the foreseeable future, that's a for like, the foreseeable future yeah. for sure. I mean, there's been lots of things going on. Um, obviously, he the the chances of us seeing him back on the gate this year were slim, anyways, with the shoulder situation and no date for surgery and some other health things, and it just has not been going well. Um, and then, yeah, this new thing came up and yeah, basically we had a big phone call there last week and it's just been best for everybody to, to kind of move on their separate ways. Jake needs to figure out a lot of things on his uh, end, like his side of things. I mean, the kid's 21 years old. He's had a really crappy 23. I mean, it, basically since he, he signed with the team, I mean, his winter went fairly well, but 
since that uh, gate drop at Edmonton for round one last year, it's been all downhill. Um, and that's, you know, on, it, it's just been one of those things. Sometimes things don't work out and um, yeah, it's, uh, it was, I think best for everybody. Um, yeah. To kind of go their separate ways. And, uh, and all we, all I can say right now is we with, with Jake the best uh, in the future, whether what that means, uh, I don't really know at this point, but uh, I guess time will tell. You know, um, kind of a stat, just as you're talking, ever since the inception of the GDR team back in, I believe it was 2011, right? Would have been the first one with T-Dags. Yeah. Sort of the beginning of it all. Other than McNabb, the 250 guy, oh, I guess, sorry, my fault, Dylan Wright, my fault. So there's two actually, but still, we're talking 13 years here, 14 yeah. years. The 250 guy has always been sort of the weakest link. Yeah. Right? Other than two guys, Sander Ward was sort of half in there, so maybe the three guys, but like Russ and Rosina took a chance on that. Uh, Nathan Bless took a chance on that. Um Jake Trico, Jacob Piccolo, um, and then um, I'm missing the, um, Jeremy Medallia. He was decent, but he didn't – like he should have been a championship contender, right, the, the year that he was on the team. Yeah. Um, so kind of a weird stat, I will, on that one. Obviously, And then you look at the 450 side, right? We're coming up on on Dylan's potential fifth championship. Colin Fasciotti got four. Um, they're not, there's a, a nine out of the 13 years, 14 years going right there in the yeah. 450 class. So um, – yeah, yeah, like you said, the, uh, the, the 250 side has been a struggle, no question. I mean, even look at go back to the, the Dylan Wright years of how many years it took him to, to yeah. get. And I mean, good on the team for sticking with him because I mean, well, it's no, we, we joke about it now, but yeah, we were the <laughs> ones telling Dig to get rid of him, right? Because we never thought it was going to happen. I mean, it, it went on for years of him not, you know, basically performing and, bike problems and and this and that um and then he finally does it but the 250 program i mean look at this year i mean it was you know we come off a a championship with McNabb, which was which was awesome and well deserved and then you know we he goes his separate way and then you know we take the next best guy that we really felt that we could you know transform into a cha i mean he was already a previous champion and we thought with the guidance and stuff with that we could provide with Piccolo and, and obviously Dylan being the leader of the team um, and it never panned out. Right. So yeah, um, it, it, it's a, it's a struggle for whatever reason, the 250 side of things is always harder. I mean, it boils down to bikes and budgets and, and at the end of the day, you're dealing with younger, immature kids at the same time. Um, they're the, you always go after a younger guy for 250s. So it's a little bit more on the babysitting is the wrong word, but guidance side uh, to keep these guys on the straight and narrow. Ken, do you think if they cut the budget that they pay the rock star Noof, would that help the 250 team? The 250 <laughs> yeah. side. Yeah, maybe get, get one more guy. And like Noof said, when you're dealing with young guys, I think the chances for, for crazy shit to happen is probably a lot bigger just because they don't really have that program dialed in and aren't ready to just, you know, hunker down and go. So if you have two guys, I think maybe you could probably reduce the chances of something bad happening. So maybe that's what they should do. To run, uh, <laughs> to run two, two fifties though, man, that's, that's yeah. Right. yeah that's I mean, right. we tried yeah. it. We tried it with the Tanner Ward and, and McNabb program. And that's the, that's the issue with two, two fifties, man. It's like to try to be competitive. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a high cost, right? With two, yeah. two of them. Yeah. 
Um, all right, we won't drag this one on too much uh, longer. Ken, just before I move on to our next topic, um, as a fan, um, obviously a little, you know, a little bit more of the inner circles now being part of what we do here. But mm-hmm. as a fan, you hear this Piccolo news. Is that just is that a bummer for a fan perspective? Oh, absolutely. I think Piccolo just because of the way he rides, like he's really um, stylish. He's always throwing big whips and stuff. And he was kind of the underdog when he won that title. Well, he was the underdog when he won that title. And I think he was a little bit of a fan favorite and people were hoping or cheering for him, but obviously that didn't pan out. It didn't go the way it should have. So anytime you see talent like that wasted, I don't think anybody likes to see that. Yeah. hundred percent. Great take on that. So as it stands, uh, go for dunes, Honda and, uh, Piccolo have parted ways. We'll wait for the official word, but, uh, that is something that is coming. Um, next segment here, KTM Husqvarna gas, gas Canada. Thank you very much. Allison JSR and the gang over there for supporting. And they are going to bring us into, uh, the Rimby roundup Four rounds, two weekends back to back. Noof, you were there for it all. Um, a little bit dramatic on my friend Noof's side, but he—he he, this is what he does. I'm Remember, Ken, we got the text. I'm out. I'm so sore. I can't do it. My knee, my knee. He just has to put the gear on. He went out for one main event, and that was it. And then he was just a fan for the last few days or the last uh, few rounds uh, with his family and his kid. But Noof, it really sounds like they did a bang-up job, great crowd, fun times, uh, entertainment as far as everything goes. It's um, it's like a win-win uh, from all angles. A few little, few little hiccups, but, I mean, that's racing. That's what happens. Um, but, uh, yeah, give us the Rindy Roundup, uh, Rimby roundup um, from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was uh, it was it was top notch in the sense that they improved on some things from last year. Last year was their first kind of stab at it, so it was um, it was pretty grassroots, and it still is grassroots. But this year, they implemented some software for sign up and scoring and everything like that, which that was really the biggest hiccup. The scoring system did not work well, and I mean, Galdi, as you know, as a promoter. Uh, especially indoors, yeah, always a bit of a challenge. And literally, it was a complete disaster a couple of the nights. But they did pull through, and they did figure it out, and it did work, and then it didn't work. And But at the end of the day, it did all work out. Even there was a lot of, um, you know, contesting results and this and that. But for the most part, everybody was happy. I mean, like I said, their crew did a good job. Les, uh, Nemeth, Todd McBride, their wives. It was a real family oriented, uh, program. It wasn't like they had a big, huge team. It was some of their friends helping out and, and everything like that. Uh, first weekend, 400 plus entries, which I mean, Galdi, as you know, in arena cross, that's a freaking lot. Um, especially in a small facility. So, you know, I almost it, feel like it might be easier in the smaller one because the laps are a little shorter. It is. Right? You can get you can get through things quicker, but I get whatever you, you, you were there. I mean, so they had like around fifty plus, you know, heat day drops, LCQs, you know, just in the afternoon um, or morning afternoon program and whatnot. But um, they they were pretty organized on that. I mean, they had a couple stagers that were doing their jobs, and they were bang on. Like we, you know, we were done every afternoon at around three thirty, and then the night show would start at six thirty, and it would be done by nine nine fifteen, which is which is good, right? Um, they hadn't didn't have quite as many classes. They kind of limited a few of the classes and whatnot. But um, yeah, overall it was good. I mean, the pro turnout last year was obviously on the small side. This year, they had around fourteen guys per night. Um, you know, Blake Davies came, Nick Collins, Ethan Ouellette, Dawson Gravel, Zach Yumpumzef was there, um, Liam Dodds on the intermediate side. 
you know, it was good. Blake Davies absolutely smoked everybody. Um, he was substantial. How he was going that much faster in there it blows me away. I mean, Yunkumzef is a good rider. We've all seen him ride. Like, yeah, he was going like a sec on the super pole things that they did. He was like yeah. a second to a second and a half a lot faster wow. on a freaking 20 second lap time track, which is that's huge. That yeah. is huge. So, um, he literally won every single. Uh, race every heat race every super pole uh every main event the only thing he did lose was the dash for cash on saturday night this past saturday night the dash for cash was 2k um oh, nice so we did from the crowd racing for that and you from zeff uh in the final uh smashed him in the first corner and davies blocked out and went through the whoops and basically he didn't just cut the track. He cut about eight feet off the track. to smash the <laughs> And as we know, in these dash for caches, there is no quote unquote rules, rules. but this one was too blatant. You had to make a call on it. Right. And even Blake was like, yeah, I fucked up and yeah, I don't deserve this one. So we gave the win to you from Zeph for that, but Davies won 1800 in the dash the night before. And then yeah, you from Zeph got the two K on the Saturday night. So, um, all in all, it was uh, it was good. I mean, the amateur racing was good. No crazy injuries. There was a femur the first weekend uh, in the junior class, but other than that, maybe two ambulances over the course of the two two weekends. Yeah, nice, good. That's always so that, good. That part was good. Um, yeah, just yeah, it was just good old redneck racing, really. Like that Central Alberta. I kept asking, I'm like, man, where are all these guys coming from? And I guess like Central Alberta runs their own. Alberta's really messed up. They got the South Series and they got the Central Series and they got this other series going on. Nobody like, wants to drive anymore. It's not a true provincial series. Yeah. And I just got into this actually at the bike show, but I don't yeah. know why that is. But Albertans don't like to drive. <laughs> they don't know. No. Um, so it kind of which we were close to Red Deer, so it pulled from Calgary, Edmonton, that Red Deer Central area. Yeah. It pulled from BC. You know there was probably. 15 or so of us from BC that came, uh, some Saskatchewan came, Blair Morgan's son. He, actually, he didn't race this past weekend. I don't know if it didn't go well the first weekend, but Corbin Morgan was there the, the first weekend, which was kind of cool to see. I didn't even know he rode dirt bikes. To be Neither did I. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, some people from Saskatchewan came. Um, and it kind of went against the theory that, you know, you and I have talked about, like with Arena Cross, we've never had success in here in BC when it's been kind of quote unquote middle winter, people haven't been riding. Weather has been shitty. People are always like, well, I don't want to go ride indoors. I'm going to get hurt. I haven't been riding. Well, this was a complete opposite. I mean, it was minus, you know, 10 to 15 each day. There's snow on the ground and people were just freaking coming to just for the sake of riding. Right. Like, yeah. well, I think you're, I, I think, sorry to interrupt, but I, that Chilliwack side of things, you guys are almost a little spoiled mm -hmm. having it for so long where this is like, it's like when we go to Moncton, there's nothing yeah. going on. Everybody yeah. goes yeah. right. Kind of thing. That's the way I would look at it as, as an opinion on it kind of thing. That's the reason why I think it would be so good. There's just nothing happening. This is exciting. It's cool. And it's, yeah. you know, you can drink in beers wherever the hell you want. It, it, was, it was like a, it's like a middle of, Quebec type thing out in the middle of Alberta, right? Yeah, and I think something to to maybe even take into Chilliwack moving forward. But the tr well, one, it's a super small arena, so the track was very, very, very basic. Like there was right, yeah. nothing dangerous on it. Like 
you know, the, the big finish line, they were calling it the feature. I was laughing, the feature jump. That's what all the locals were calling it. Uh, <laughs> it was literally, it was a filled in, it was like the same size as our gap jump at Chilliwack, but it was all filled in. So, you know, the 50s and 65s could go halfway and then the yeah. boat could go the full full distance. And then there was a small rhythm section that you could come up short on. And, you know, the whoops were kind of half of the size of what we build in Chilliwack. And I guess the difference is, is that you can build a mellow track in a small building and it still looked fairly spectacular. But when you go into Chilliwack where the floor area is so huge, it looks lame when you build a mellow, mellow, mellow track, right? So yeah, um, in Chilliwack's fast, like the, the speeds of people going were super slow um, in the, for the most part, because it is a small area. But um, I think that that probably helped obviously with the entries that it wasn't terrifying for people to go out there and ride because it was on the on the mellow side but uh, yeah anyways yeah all in all it was good um yeah i think that you know the boy the, those guys those guys killed it and good on them i mean they worked their balls off and uh good for everyone coming out to support it but that's kind of the uh that's kind of the general consensus of the the whole the whole weekend and can i throw to you um the drama new lays on us in the text group <laughs> right. I can't, I'm not going to make it guys. I'm, I'm out. I got to retire. Yeah. And then literally the first thing I see is him and him in his gear. Yeah. I get a yeah. picture sent to me. He's in his gear racing. <laughs> and of course he's doing an interview. I'm an old guy. I know how to treat these kids. I can, I can make it work. Yeah, just, well, just building the hype up. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I'll let Ken go. And then I'll tell you guys what's really going on. <laughs> yeah. I, don't you know. like? I think it's cool that you, you at least put one in. You got the bike out there and showed everybody. I don't know. <laughs> at least you put one in. Yeah. Sounds like you that you, you got laid. Yeah, at least you got one in there. Way to go, buddy. You got one in there. Uh, and then my other funny thing I wanted to poke at you, Noof, I thought it was hilarious. I, somebody posted a video. I think you got tagged in it, so you reposted it. That's how I saw it. You're holding Davey's bike while he's doing the burnout? Yeah. You just had to be in that or what? Like, you just had to be there? No, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of holding court. You were the there, grand you know marshal. I mean? The grand marshal. Yeah. I was holding court. <laughs> yeah, passing the torch. Yeah. <laughs> long, story, long story short is is let's let's be honest here. I haven't ridden very much. I sold my 350 right after the last outdoor race. I didn't race Chilliwack, which was the first time in ever because I was one. I didn't have a bike yet, and two, I just didn't really feel like racing. I you weren't allowed either. I wasn't allowed to race. <laughs> I haven't been riding. So then I try to go riding. I'm out of shape. I hurt myself in Monroe. I'm still battling that side of things. Then I go to Seashell to try to cram in some riding uh, right before the event. I ride two days in a row. My fucking knee blows up like a freaking air balloon. I'm trying to do stuff. I go there. I'm half crippled. Everyone wants me to ride. I still think I'm the star of the show. I'm not the star of the show. I go out there, I feel like absolute garbage. I'm awkward. I'm on a new bike that I haven't really ridden. It's bone stock. Suspension's not set up. Okay, this is a short segment here, please. I let's like let's tighten this up. <laughs> I feel I, I just can't do it. So I tried, and I thought that I would be able to be competitive in there. I'm competitive for three laps, and then it's over. I don't want to be out there. So How many hugs? What was the hug count? No, not many hugs, no. No, okay. They're all redneck guys around there, man. Nobody wants to hug. No hugging. Like, no, I, I just figured you, you'd be, moping, be all mopey and stuff. So oh, I figured everybody, here, let me give you a hug. I still had a good time with the schools and my kid had really good two weekends and, and, and Randy and Bowen were there the second weekend. So I was busy, you know, helping out with Bowen coming around and 
I, I was good, man. I didn't, in my mind, I still think I should be going to those events and racing. Like for whatever reason, I should go like, man, I should be here. But I got to realize I'm 40 years old, dude. My time, I've done those. I've done what Blake Davies has done in those barns and be the hero and everyone wants their autograph and stuff like that. My body just doesn't do it anymore. So my plan is moving forward. I'm oh, here riding. we go. We got another plan. We got another plan. I'm not riding again until I get in better shape. I it's documented get... right here. Let's see. We'll see how this goes. And then I'll get back on the bike here and, and keep going. All right. Well, hey, congrats to the guys over at Rimby. Obviously, this looks like it might be a staple event here for years to come. So put it on the calendar uh, for like everybody. Majority of, uh, I'm assuming same dates all the time, New, probably right? Second, second, third week of February. Is the yeah, plan. it seems that way. It's crazy. Rimby's a huge hockey town. So they. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. A huge area. So it was originally supposed to be the first two weekends of February, but there was a hockey tournament planned and you can't get hotels. There's only two hotels in the town. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sold out, so they ended up bumping it to the second and third weekend. Um, so it really just boils around to... First three weeks of Feb. Keep it on your schedule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First three weeks of Feb. Uh, right on. Everybody, you're listening to the racetech.com. Canadian Motocross Unfiltered. Next little segment here, Bike Show. Uh, so I made my uh, way down to the Toronto Bike Show. Um, probably one of the lamest bike shows I've ever been to. Literally, it was so... T- like, new. if you went to it last year, it was even tinier. Like yeah. less, less people, um, with booths, uh, and people that did have booths, I feel like they had like twice the size they needed. Mm-hmm. The, um, triple crown one was, it was as big as the start straight at Chilliwack. Like it was huge. Their, their booth <laughs> set up. It was yeah. awesome to have the guys there and it was super cool that they did it, um, to try to promote our sport. Zero interaction with people at that show. Yeah. Like, just nobody gave a shit what was going on in that booth. I did a pod on the Friday. Uh, there was a couple other guys who did some stage stuff. They had some other things going on there. They did some a uh, couple lady interviews with Brianna Rose um, and um, uh, Bella Morgan were there and and stuff like that. It, it was cool just to go down because there was a, there, there was actually probably more people in our world, like not sorry, our world as far as like fans, but like you know, the Walton Cowie crew went down and the Honda guys were there and the KTM guys were there. Pettis came and Dylan Wright were there. So things like that. But like, there was no, there was like, I only went to Friday, but then I talked to people on the Saturday. There wasn't any like, I don't know, ammo customers or TVR guys checking it out or Ontario dirt bikers or off. You know what I mean? It just, it was really weird in, in that sort of sense. Um, on the business side, it was super cool that way. I had a bunch of cool meetings, uh, the podcast stuff everybody's really into uh, and what we're doing and KTM and uh, welcoming in uh, Yamaha Motor Canada is going to do some stuff with us. So pumped on that. A um, couple little tid, no, I guess I don't know if they're rumors or tidbits, but one of the things that's kind of down uh, on this our list here. So I'll throw it to you, Noof. Um, one of the conversations I had, and it was on the podcast that we did, uh, I did with Kyle and Isaiah. So it was recorded. So it was something that I could talk about. Um, I don't know if it actually got put out. I, I feel like <laughs> I was going to goon the guys the, the next day. I'm like, uh, this is this another triple crown business here, guys. Uh, you said it was going to be on Friday night. It's uh, Monday. Nothing going on here. Just another delay in the triple crown <laughs> business structure. But I didn't bother poking fun. But anyway, um, I guess I just did right there. Um, in 2025, they want to extend the series to nine rounds. The big talk of like, you know, getting the ECAN and the TransCAN farther apart. So in doing this, 
Uh, they can do a nine round series without really moving any date wise, but moving trans can e can apart, even though I think that's more of a butthurt on the trans can side than the e can side, because well, obviously, e can's first, but as it stands over the course of however many years they've been up against each other, the same dates, the numbers are still the same people of people going as yeah. far as supporting you. So I'll throw it to you, Noof. If you're the one running the series next year, a, a national has to change their date. And it's going to have to happen to make this nine round make sense and, and the dates and give a little bit of time for the team to prepare for things and all that stuff. Um, even though back in our day, well, I guess it was more your day. New I was sort of out of it a little bit, but we did 10 rounds in 01. Oh no, I was there. 01. We did 10 rounds in 01. Um, and it was done at the same time. I think they started a week earlier in May, maybe. But anyway, um, if you're the guy making the call and a national has to change, you basically only have three options. You've got, uh, Deschambeau, Moncton, and Transcan. What do you do? Well, yeah, well, I mean, that's a tough one. I don't think that separating, and you and I talked briefly about this the other day, but I don't think that separating Transcan and ECAN further apart helps anybody in the grand scheme of things. Um, that's just my personal opinion, but I mean, if one needs to move, I, I, I think that it's got to be Moncton, right? That's just my opinion. It's the one that doesn't have the quote unquote amateur national tied into it, but I don't see Well, but if it, it moves, right, then it would have to be you'd have to switch it anyway, right? Because um like you'd have to switch it with Deshambo. So Deshambo Day would have to go but actually I guess Moncton really doesn't come into play to be honest with you. No. Because it has to you're you're tr- the the chatter was trying to get something in between or another yeah. week in between, making yeah. it a three week break instead of a, a two week, right? Whereas no, it's three now. They wanted to be a month, well, two weekends, three weeks. Yeah, is what it is now. The the only the, I think the easiest way is you put Transcan back one week. Yeah. Obviously, that's probably blasphemy. Brett and, and the gang would be pissed with that because it's been the same date. But what's the consensus of why that date? Yeah, right. Well, I, I mean, other, right. What was was the chatter because they think that ECAN is too close to TransCan and that's yes. hurting TransCan entries or vice yes. versa ECAN entries? Well, no, it's not hurting the ECAN. No, no, it's not hurting the ECAN. It's and they I, they think it's hurting the TransCan, but last year was uh, although there was quite a few entries that either got hurt or pulled out last minute. Yeah. Um. In some of the classes, so because it was up over eight hundred, I think it just dipped under eight hundred as far as entries go. But yeah, that's the consensus. And of course, it's only coming from one direction, right? It's not yeah, coming yeah. from the ECAN direction or the so, Quebec side and stuff like that. So I mean, remember two weeks ago when I pulled up that Walton report and I listed off the percentage of the entries, right? Yeah. Ontario, oh yeah. Quebec, everything like that. I think that that's the bigger issue, and this is, we could go on and on about this, and I'm sure. I'm sure the Walton crew wouldn't like to hear this, but there needs to be some sort of incentive. I don't think the week, I don't think the time of year matters at all of when the yeah. transplant is. Um, I mean, for me, early, my situation is different because I'm already back east. I don't want to be that back there any longer than I already am. So um, <laughs> there needs to be some sort of incentive. Like if you think about it, like the guy driving from BC or the guy driving from the Maritimes the Transcan is a substantially cheaper week for the guy driving from Barrie or the guy driving from Oshawa. Oh yeah. Like there's, I don't know the only way to help improve those or 
basically level out those percentages is there's got to be some sort of incentive but maybe there maybe that doesn't even matter right like there's not like if we're if we're complaining that hey you know the entry fees you know are like they are what they are they're the same for everybody but is yeah. that going to deter the guy coming from the maritimes because it's you know it costs 700 dollars to race for the i'm just throwing that number i don't know what yeah 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 race but um you, you get kind of where i'm going with that right like yeah yeah yeah, I, I mean, I think it just comes down to event and event. I mean, look at forever again. You can't compare apples to oranges, America to Canada. But Ponca City and Loretta's have been back to back for however. Well, Ponca's not really there as much anymore, but forever. And then now the two Texas events are back to back. Like you, you figure out your own sort of strategy to make it attractive on that kind of thing. So some interesting conversation down there, whether it changes, but in 2025, these are conversations right now that have to be happening uh, for the next year. I work for both ECAN and TransCAN. I love both events. I'm a huge supporter of both. I don't see a need to make it change. If we're going nine, if we're going nine rounds, um, you know, BC, double Alberta, and then uh, Manitoba. Yeah, and then you got start, and then, and then you, earlier, right? To well, that. not even right. We have the we have that week off this year, right? You got three in a row. Then there's two weekends off. Then go for dunes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you could go four in a row, weekend off, four in a row, weekend off. Transcan, yeah. right? Four west, four east. Transcan goes back to the shootout type idea again, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't always make sense because then all the riders don't come. Because really, who gives a shit about the shootout? But maybe the series can come up with a bigger purse to make the shootout attractive. But I, it's just sitting down and really throwing some, uh, you know, ideas up to the wall to see if they was, stick. Was there uh, east west talk? No, I brought it up, and it uh, the only one that's given me. Uh, I love the idea is Alec at uh, MRC. Alec loves the idea, thinks it's great. It has been brought up a little bit, but um, we'll we'll see. And, you know, obviously we're still waiting on the Calgary thing, although I talked to um, uh, a Calgary uh, resident right in the heart of there at at, um, Wild Rose. Mm -hmm. This project and everything, this conversation, it's been going on for 20 years. Yeah. This isn't something new, but apparently it just got newer because people caught wind of it. Mm -hmm. So... I guess this hasn't Are been you talking the track moving. Thing yeah. Right the track right. moving. It, this has been a conversation for like 20 years. Yeah, I guess. So anyway, um, you know, whether or not there, and then do we have more, again, we've brought this up before. Do we have more facilities to go to that can facilitate proper things? Um, I like the whole Regina thing we were talking about last time. I think that'd be cool yeah. to go back there. It's just a shame that you got to Ken's the only fan in the province. Now, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, bike show was bike show was fun. Pumped that the triple crown, triple crown guys went down there and did that. Um, it was just, like I said, I just Toronto sucks, man. It sucks. Well, it's traffic. There's migrants everywhere. Homeless people try to collect shit all the time. Park cars in the middle of the way. Nobody cares. Everybody's rude. Toronto sucks. No, motorcycle shows suck. They're well, dead. yeah, you know better than I do on that because you are actually, yeah. They're dead. And, and that it's been a dying thing for a while, but COVID really killed it because they went away and people realized that, wait, we don't even need to, like, yeah. social media. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, websites, YouTube. Um, yeah. Bikes are released so early now. Before, back in the back in the old day, and I don't even know what the old day means. I guess we can go back ten. Yeah. Uh, What's 20, the date now? That <laughs> yeah, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, the first time you saw the new CRF four fifty or the KTM three hundred or the fancy street bike or side by side was at these motorcycle shows. We are seeing them like everything is released so early now. Like it's not. Yeah. 
you know, people are riding 2024 models in 2023 and, and, and so on and so on. Like motorcycle shows are, are a dying breed. Like I don't, there's no real, like it, you must be living in a cave if you haven't seen the new motorcycles yet. Right. Like, but is it like that? Is it like that? It must be, but is it like that in the street bike side of things? In our world, like you said, we're seeing these so much earlier, but is it like that? Because all these shows are geared more towards the street. For sure, yeah. Especially they, the Toronto one. I've never been to the Vancouver or Calgary. No, they or all are. They're all, very, they're all very similar. They're all basically very, very much the same, right? So um, I, I would assume that the new street bike releases are done early and everything like that. But, like, it's... I wish that these manufacturers, the Hondas, the KTMs, the everybody you know, the amount of money that costs them to go do that, it's, it's astronomical. Like those booth spaces are super expensive. The staffing, yeah. the hotels, the everything, you know, dump that back into some sort of, you know, obviously I'm biased, but on the motors, on the motocross side of things or the series side of things and everything like that, because I really think, and this is why we see them shrinking. Like even here out West, I mean, the, the shows were even smaller because the OEMs are, uh, out East, east. So for them to ship that stuff out here and their big yeah. displays and stuff, like I don't see a need for it anymore. I, I really don't. And I think if you ask the the dealer side of things, like the dealers in the areas and stuff, they don't see the value in it anymore. I because yep. I really don't think that there's there's a whole lot there. They're holding on to something that is basically, you know, becoming non-existent because of the world we live in with information and technology. Uh, take like you said new my hands up in the crowd right now give us the money in motocross we'll make it we'll make it work somehow we'll make it work yeah. um anyway bike show stuff uh one the one thing that did kind of come out that was kind of motivating uh i had meetings with ktm and yamaha um they were kind of only the motocross ones uh, groups that support everything we do honda as a bummer i wish i met the the boss guy there i'd like to shake his hand and be like are you going to support dirt bikes at all other than dylan wright that's all yeah. I, I love dylan wright but maybe support the sport at all but anyway um they were kind of like, they're sort of not doubling down, but they're staying aggressive in our world as far as what they're doing on my side of things, for sure, because those are the meetings I had. But they're like, we see the sled stuff kind of drifting away and all this. So motocross is still healthy in their eyes right now as far as the manufacturers that I chatted. So that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, let's hope it stays that way. Uh, speaking of Yamaha Motor Canada, thank you. They're going to be helping us out doing a couple of things. Um Noof, I'll throw it to you. You might have heard some name or some news kind of concerning a Yamaha team and Blake Davies. Yeah, there was a little bit of chatter um, in uh, in Rimby about maybe some, I mean, Blake has Husqvarna support um, through international motorsports, right? So um, obviously he's looking to go to the next level. And I mean, they're, I, I mean, as of right now, I don't even know if the Davies crew is going east, right? Because, I mean, last year they had support with uh, Al Dick and Sky Racing and that whole deal, but that's not coming back um, as far as Al doing a team and helping facilitate things. So um, there was a little bit of chatter of uh, Man Luck being interested in helping out Blake. Um, I think that the Davies family is willing to do it on their own, but, of course, they the more support, the better. But the feeling I get from Blake and his dad, they they're not looking to be under a semi or anything like that. They just need some back-end support. I mean, Brandon Davies isn't a motocross guy by heart by any means. I mean, he's a snowmobiler. So, you know, he he's just doing what he thinks that he needs to do. He just wants some guidance. And that's why it worked out really well last year with the two-trick thing because Al was kind of telling them what to do and yeah. how to do it and this and that. And 
I mean, they would love to have some support. And obviously, Pat Shippett and the, the Manluck guys, I mean, they, they've done it for the last couple of years, even though they're taking kind of a, a, a smaller approach to it this year with just helping out youth and stuff. So I could see that being a decent fit there um, with some support and, and sponsor support and stuff like that. But Blake, I mean, I know it was just Rimby and stuff, but man, he is a good talent. I mean, the kid's only 15. Um, the issue is that Blake's running into right now is that one, he's six foot three and he's a big boy and he is a way better 450 rider than a 250 rider. So that uh, that's going to be tough for him in the 250 class again, right? Like he's he's on that cusp of, you know, being being a good, you know, a top level rider, but staying in the 250 class is going to be a struggle for him. But what else is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to jump to a 450 right now? Like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's, by by the rule book, he's too young, right? So, um, uh, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, by rule book standards, he's too young to ride a four fifty. Yeah, and even by the general. When's he turned sixteen? I don't know. Okay, is but by the the general unwritten rules of racing motocross and, and advancing through the ranks, I mean he's supposed to be on a two fifty, right? So yeah, but times have changed, man. That's a, that's the, the way the cookie right. crumbles. Uh, quickly, Piccolo out, Davies in. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right. I've, uh, we've thrown. Did I just solve solve the world's problems right there? We've thrown the idea. Around. <laughs> we've thrown the idea around a little bit. I mean, obviously, the whole Piccolo thing has come on here pretty fast in the last yeah. few weeks, and and both of our boys are down in Florida right now, trying to get to get going and whatnot. So, um, a lot of moving pieces there. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's out of the question. Um. No Daytona for Ryder McNabb. He said he was in Rimmer. These are kind of quick little tidbits. Uh, Dylan Rimples, Preston Masciangelo are lining up for the Futures coming up here in two weeks at the Daytona Supercross. Uh, but no McNabb. He's going to lean a little longer, Nuf. Seems like that. Yeah, I randomly, I had heard that he, well, he's staying at Jim Fredrickson's there in Red Deer. So it kind of made sense that he came out uh, to Rimby. I only talked to him for probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. I think my wife spent more time with him than I did because he was looking for a phone charger the whole time that he was there. <laughs> like his phone was dead. So it's not uh, like a kid to have to be prepared for phone charger. Eh? Yeah. And then he ended up meeting up with, uh, this uh, other family that we know and they fed him a big spaghetti dinner and yeah so i didn't spend that much time with him he was uh but he was there he did the opening ceremony thing he doesn't have a cast or anything on his wrist it's it's healing but um yeah it didn't sound like he will be doing daytona by any means so uh, voodoo jimmy's on the on the case yeah he's mixing up some potions for him so uh, <laughs> but yeah it's good to see Ryder. uh he was happy i mean once again he's just like a kid he was just hanging out with all these young kids and yeah it was uh it was uh, it was kind of cool, but although the irritating part, Galdi, and I, I was going to ask home, you, yeah, I was going to ask uh, you this. Yeah. The sorry, excuse me, the announcer of the event there, when Ryder was in the building, um, basically was over the loudspeaker saying, uh, "Can anybody anybody here that knows?" Uh, and he was talking to kids, obviously, the 2023 uh, Canadian Triple Crown MX2 champion, uh, come on up here to win a prize, and there was a lineup of kids going up there and. There was uh, one of them was uh, Blake Davies. They thought Blake Davies won. Uh, somebody <laughs> said my name. Um, like, what the hell is wrong with the use of the sport, Galdi? Like, that is. Um, well, that's something I'm going to bring up here at the end, actually, Noof, that we're going to talk about. Um, but I just, yeah, that's just today's kids, man. If it ain't on YouTube or ain't right in their face on the social thing, it's hard for them to yeah. see it, even though it is. But, you know, it is 
uh, I don't know, is Deegan Gibney f- got a phone? Is he following KTM Canada? Or um, does, I mean, obviously Meston Lockhart would probably know. Does Bowen know who that, know who Ryder McNabb is? You know what I mean? Like He's three. Doesn't matter, man. Doesn't matter. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of wild. That's, but I was, it makes you giggle a little bit as well, for I sure. Guess, yeah. But I mean, like we've said on this show, I've got 30B racers that never raced their whole lives that think my kids think that are gods. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't like, are you kids like off sideways? Like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, we touched base on that. Uh, big shout out to Gopher Dunes uh, for supporting us here. Renegade Fuel and Hall Racio, passionate about racing with the roots to prove it. Big thanks to Blake Hall for supporting there. Um, boys, we are such big time now. Like, we have, we're moving into the upper echelon of podcasts. Like, we're like Joe Rogan's, um, you know, these guys that are just like spraying money. We are sponsoring people now. Ken, what do you think of that? That's cool. I liked it. When you when you texted and told me what was going on, I thought that was a really good idea. Yeah, so uh, I took it upon myself to spend some of your guys' money <laughs> that well, we never have. Say, clearly, you only asked Ken about this. Uh, I figured everybody would be okay with it. It's not really breaking the bank and say on that kind of thing. But I am also a firm believer of like, again, boys, I mean, you. we all have, well, I'm, I'm AML. That's my regular job. But if you have a regular job, Ken, you got a regular, this is sort of just something, a passion project. Yes. Yep. Be great if it took over boys and we could make a bunch of money, but uh, getting the name out there, supporting the sport. Um, I'm, I know Noof, you're like that. You love, you use your, your job to help a gazillion people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you're probably getting shit sometimes by doing it because you like to help people so much with goggles or bars or grips, whatever it is. And Brad's probably like, dude, like, can we sell some of this shit or, uh, you know, but, but that's just who we are. So anyway, I like Quinn. He does vlogs. It's starting to get some traction. I figure so the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered podcast is sponsoring uh, Quinn's or the Quang vlog, it's called actually. And uh, we'll have a little segment of everyone where they have, we, we can either throw him a question or people can throw him a question and it'll, he'll touch base. This week was uh, on his vlog um, was when his very first bike and race was. Um, so stuff like that. We'll have fun with it. And he's going to send me like a little reel. I have a reel that I'm going to post and put up and stuff. So anyway, um, I'm kind of pumped. It's, it'll be a fun little thing. And obviously, when we're coming to the races, Noof will be able to poke fun of him at his vlogs. He's going to poke fun at us. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the latest one. I did. That's how I found out that you're doing this. What did, what did Cody call us again? The greatest oh, the, podcast with the least amount of work or something? Or yeah. I, It was funny. It was pretty yeah, funny. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, CMXC was sponsoring. Uh, we're giving back to the sport. Yeah, it's in Quinn, the pro pocket. He's got a factory ride. But... Um, I'm always looking for to help kids out and do things. And uh, um, on the ammo side, I I've uh, ammo sponsored the off the gate podcast. Uh, I helped find some money for Sam Gaynor. Um, I've done some other things. I hired, we hired Jessica long name to do photos and stuff like that up in Rimby. We don't need to do that. I don't need like not shitting, but is Rimby really doing anything on social networking for us or anything? But want to put money back into people that are working hard. I, I, I believe in that stuff. Can I, 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 you're probably the same kind of guy. Yep. Yeah. So where can we find this vlog? Is it only on Instagram or is it on YouTube? No, no, it's on YouTube. Just okay. uh, look for, I don't know if it's called Quang's Vlogs on YouTube. Uh, or, just type in Quinn, Quinn Amiot. Yeah, Quinn Amiot yeah, on YouTube perfect. so you can subscribe to it. So anybody listen to this, subscribe to Quinn Amiot's vlogs. They're kind of fun and they'll only uh, getting better. He said he bought some new equipment. He's going to do more to it. So uh, just something to enjoy. And like I said, now CMXU 
uh, with support of the people that we have is now supporting at. Um, so once again, racetech.com, bringing you the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. Thanks to KTM, Gas Gas Husky, Yamaha Motor Canada, Gopher Dunes, the largest off-road recreational park and multiple tracks and trails. Learn to ride with our Honda Red Rider training program. Hit them up, gophernews.com. Pro shop with great stock on parts, accessories, and service department. And it is all brand new there. Uh, new, we probably won't see that, I guess, until they do maybe the media day. I guess yeah. no, I'll be there before that, maybe, I guess. Yeah, I might be there before the whole, that. Yeah, uh, we did the whole, whole, whole thing. Uh, Renegade uh, Fuel uh, and Hall Race Fuel, of course, Ammo, uh, my business out here in Ontario. We've got lots of fun things going on. And then Matrix Noof, uh, Lots of cool things going on at Matrix. Are you guys getting the new Renthal pedal, or is that something you wouldn't have? No, I don't. We don't do the bicycle. No, pedal. okay. No. Well, we dabble a little bit. We do some grips and stuff like that, but nothing, uh, nothing crazy. But new product coming uh, here in the spring, though, on the Renthal side is uh, lock-on grip. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. We're allowed to talk yeah. about that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It, it, yeah, we were allowed to talk about it. They've been showing people it. It's just, it's not. It's kind of on the down low, but not really, because I think that they're just not 100% sure exactly the release date on it yet, but it's going to be huge. I mean, on the, I'm not a lock-on grip guy, but 99% of a motocross customer is a lock-on grip guy now because nobody wants to glue anymore. So Dude, it's like, uh, it's like when you went from kickstart to uh electric start, yeah. electric start. like it's just yeah. like oh god I, I never want to kick a bike again the kind of thing, and, a lot right? of the bike, and a lot of the bikes come with lock-on grips on them now too so yeah. when something comes with it on there and they realize that how easy they are um so that's going to be really cool so we're excited about that um on the matrix side of things it will be huge like it will be a big product i mean we still sell lots of grips and people are yeah. going to buy uh non-lock-on grips but you go into a dealership now and i mean if they have hundred pairs of grips on their wall. Ninety uh, percent of them are locked. Yeah, on. lock on. Um, a quick other little tidbit: Sam Gainer is going to get surgery uh, done on. I can't remember if it's his wrist or his elbow. His wrist, right? I guess his wrist. Um, anyway, he's got. A, it's an eight-hour surgery coming up here in a couple of weeks. He'll be out till the first round of the East. Hopefully, being ready for that. He's just planning on doing the um pre-mix and then maybe maybe so too for this but he had plans he was going to do like red bud national and a, and a couple other ones um but still wants to do the east coast nationals and then i believe at the end of the year it's iron man and bud's creek he could probably do i think that aren't up yeah. against anything so um uh good best wishes for surgery for sam gator and i want to give a shout out to our guy charlie johnston uh racing suspension obviously a huge supporter he opened the door with race tech um obviously supporting a crap ton of racers in the uh, Rimby area. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Alberta area, but I just saw PJ Stratton post. Is that the yeah. same PJ Stratton? We all know. And he's running CGR. I just saw a post of him. How can some big jump somewhere? And I'm like, he's still riding. Yeah. I raced when I went up North to do that PMA race this year in Fort St. John, he was there. His kid rides now. Okay. Uh, he's got a kid that rides and yeah. PJ rides the vet classes still rides pretty good. Cool. Yeah. In typical TJ fashion, if you remember Galdi, he shows up, he's got this massive, beautiful motorhome and nice bikes and trailers and like yep. he's all in. So uh, good for them. That was I just saw yeah. that on the gram and I give a shout out to them. And of course, Charlie Johnson races suspension. Uh the man that does supply Noof with the best suspension in the business, but apparently just not yet. It's going this uh not this week. Next week I'm shipping it out. So so have you sold them say, hey, hold this until I lose 20 pounds? 
no, 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 <laughs> no that's not, not, not even a, it's not a weight issue right now. Oh, okay. It's not a weight issue. Uh, okay. It's time for our segment. Unless you guys got something else on your minds. I think I we do. covered. Okay. Go, go ahead. Noof. Did you see that, uh, Daniel Almar raced the wild boar or the, whatever the, uh, the big, oh, buck. Really? big, big buck. buck. I did yeah. see that story. That is in my notes here. I just missed it. I just noticed that, um, see how beat up his hand was. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so, I high five to that, but Noof, like, when would you ever drive from where he lives yeah. down to where he went, not <laughs> riding for six months, and then go to the toughest race you've ever done? It looks like he finished, right? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I didn't even look at it. He got 13th out of 15. He rode the XC2 class. Uh, okay. Which I thought was weird. He he's been riding a two fifty up. Yes, I yes. Know. I thought that I mean I guess I'm I'm de- I'm looking into it, but I don't know. Do we see him on the two fifty this year? But um, I mean, um, there is a little bit more of an open opportunity in that class to get results, right? With uh, yeah. McNabb and Harrison looking like they're gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you uh, you got the two old guys with kids with Benoit and Madags, and then you got your Amiots, and um, you know. After that, it's a bit of a crapshoot, right? Like yeah. uh, every scene story would be the other bigger name. Like, but when we do our preview show, new, we're gonna be kind of trying to like, okay, how's this? Like, it's gonna be hard not to bet against Benoit and Madags. Yeah, big time. As of like, right now, yeah, unless something right? crazy so. changes. But uh, I also was told, and you probably knew the same thing, Golly. But did you know that uh, the Walton crew did offer uh, him something? Uh, yeah, I did hear that actually. Um, and uh, I guess it wasn't good enough or it wasn't. I don't I, I think those offers are pretty. Yeah, there's an offer out on the table as well for TJ Scott. Yeah. Um, And they're OK, but they're not like I guess I I guess I look at it as like it, it, the way it was explained to me. It was very similar to the Gibbs program as last year, which obviously, yeah. you know, it's not uh, it's it's not nothing crazy, but there is that opportunity. Like exactly, say, yeah. Let's say yeah. if uh, if Quinn ends up beating Brett Lee up with a brake caliper, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which you know, could happen. It could happen. Hopefully, it, it gets could. in the vlog. We sponsor it. <laughs> yeah, but Daniel could move right into that position, right? So there is there is that team side of it backing, you know, you, you crash in practice and you break a radiator, you know, and you don't have one, then you can just, you know, there, there's, there is some positives to those types of programs. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's kind of weird, weird that he went in a different direction. And do you know where he got those Yamahas? Niv? He got them from a Yamaha dealer up in uh terrace. I believe it's called Ken's Marine. Okay. Ken's yeah. Marine. Uh, name. Right on Ken. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, hey, you know what? Ken Catton here could be part owner of that business. We'd never fucking know. So. Oh, that's true. That's true. We would never know. <laughs> It'll come out on Twitter um, in a snowmobile antique vlog or uh, posting type thing. <laughs> true story. Uh, okay. Time for the hottest segment on podcast networks around the globe. The race tech hot or not. Um, I believe we threw it to Ken first last time. Noof, do you got a, you got any of these? I I don't I honestly don't have any right now. Okay, there's that hot there's that media 
prowess right there. So that's not. They can yeah. just bringing it. Right. So race tag hot or not? Does Newf have any questions? Not. not there it is. That's enough. very very cold over there in yeah. BC. Hot, hot or not? Uh, asking permission from Newf about spending CMXU money. Well, clearly nobody cares what I think. So just that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'll kick it off here. Tyler Gibbs into Supercross this coming weekend, uh, running race tag suspension. Um, I'll throw this uh, to you because the next one I'm throwing it to. Uh, to Noof, uh, to you, Ken, hot or not, Tyler Gibbs? Yeah, that's hot. I think the more we can see Canadian talent racing Supercross, and I think what he did, like we talked about last podcast, anytime they're down there in the United States working and racing and doing their best, I think that's awesome. That's hot. Nice. Uh, to you, Noof, hot or not, um, T-Dag's running callous gear all over his social media. Uh, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not I mean, hiding. It's not hidden. <laughs> from the from the team standpoint, not, but there was a delay in getting him his gear. So um why I'm not really sure. I didn't really ask. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> oh god, here we go. But um we were asking him from some for some social content here the last little bit. And uh he's like, Well, I can't really do anything because well, I mean, even though it has been out there, I mean he's been just reposting videos that Mitch has taken of him and stuff. He hasn't done any like formal posts or stuff like that. But no, it's not like, oh hey, I'm wearing this, but he's no. riding in a gear that does not sponsor the team. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's not hot because yeah, he should have his gear. So I think he's supposed to get it this week. But Okay, cool. Um maybe oh they're t- probably taking that out of the budget they were gonna give you for Rimby. <laughs> I'm still wearing, still wearing old gear. <laughs> I saw it, Tori. I saw you. I thought you said you bought a set. I wore that in practice. Oh, okay. We, why wouldn't you wear that in the the only time we got the video? Because it didn't have my name on the back. Um, oh, actually, this is a good. Actually, I just came up with this one. Race Tech. I, I, Ken, did you watch the Rimby recap that Jessica Long named in? No. It was in. We we posted it in our story. There were quick ones, and there was it was on YouTube. Um, I loved it that the question asked to Meston Lockhart. Will your dad, have, I don't know if it was ever win again or win again in Messon. No, 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 just right away. No hesitation, just right no support there. for the old man. Just cut him right <laughs> off of the shins. <laughs> Her 18-minute vlog was literally just people shitting on me the whole time almost, right? So, oh, did you, I didn't watch the whole thing, but oh, yeah, what I got sent to me was thing. nothing. Yeah, it's basically just based around me not winning and all the kids yeah mess they asked Meston like multiple times and he's just like no it's not happening so um <laughs> and they asked babies and they asked yeah a bunch of people um she actually felt bad she sent me the video for me to watch it first to see if i was going to be upset she thought i was going to be upset with her so oh um, that's kind of nice yeah yeah it was nice but and you're a good sport then look at you go yeah i'm like i deserve every bit of it so just fucking let her let her roll so uh i'm gonna ken you said you had a couple and then i got one more at the end yeah. race tech hot or not uh yeah well the two that i told you i had were both uh super cross related and you said probably don't do that come so on I, ken <laughs> i came up with like, two new ones i came up with two new ones okay, so, good. okay. Well, the, hey what a what a media god this yeah. is the media darling you are ken okay first one Ooh. for noof um we've talked about this uh emerging podcast in the canadian moto scene galdi sponsors them with ammo but we haven't really talked in depth about what we think of it. Now I'll get in front of it and just say that I really enjoy it. It's called Off the Gate and it has uh, Tanner Ward, Dylan Wright and Dario Zeka. From what you've heard, I think they're four or five episodes in. I don't know how much you've listened, but from what you've heard, what do you think? Hot or not? Um, I'll be honest with you and I'm not shitting on any on those guys. I only listened to the first episode. 
and I haven't really, nobody else has really talked to me about it besides what we've talked about on this podcast. So um, I, I'm not super up to date on it, but I think it's cool that they're doing it and that they've been continued doing it. I guess mm -hmm. my thought was, in which I think Galdi and I talked about this off the record, is that does it continue to be a consistent thing once the season gets rolling? Because in the off season, yeah, these are easy to do because everyone has time and, and whatnot. But even for us, as summer goes on, these get, I mean, we always seem to make it work somehow, but it becomes harder to do because they do take, you know, a couple hours and it's mm. just on my end. And then Ken, you got even more stuff going on because you got to edit it and post it and everything. And then Galdi with the social media Will it be a consistent thing? I don't know. It seems so far that they've been they've been fairly consistent with it. I don't mind it at all. I mean, I think that it's a different perspective. Not everybody is going to be on the same page as us. We're more kind of diving into the news and the gossip and the and the rumors and and stuff like that that we know. They're more talking on the racing side and that perspective of it, right? Which mm -hmm. we're not. So yeah, um, I think it's hot on that side of things. I I just haven't fully listened. I'm in Supercross mode on my side, so Pulp takes up yeah. ninety percent of any podcast it's stuff like I listen to. Twelve hours a week of stuff to listen to there, so yeah, it's a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> like you got to pick and choose, and and obviously uh, the other. I forget the 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 one. What's what's the girls doing, Galdi? What's that one called? The uh, berm. The yeah, uh, babes and berms. No, not babes, because they don't call it that. Uh, I'm sorry, girls. Uh, I can't remember the name. <laughs> I'm remember. sorry. Yeah. Way to put me on the spot, Dick. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up and correct it here. Uh, anyway, I, I'll I'll give a little hot on that one. Obviously, like you said, Ken, I'm supporting it with ammo. I, I again, I'm a firm believer of trying to push stuff back in the sport. I love Dylan Wright's attitude. Right, he's a yeah. Uh, yeah. His just his effort that he puts in. He's a he's a, a staple as far as people to follow. Uh, the Tanner Ward. Very similar. And I think it's actually only going to get better as the season goes, uh, because like from talking with the guys, the guy just didn't say, Hey guys, here's this. Let's, I just want to, I, I actually asked him questions of like, what's the plans? What do you think? And I, you know, I, I, I gave him our spiel. I'm like, Hey, you got to be consistent. I think that's the key. And I told him like our numbers, like, Holy crap, you guys got that many listeners. And I'm like, yo, well, that's not even compared to, you know, the pulp worlds and shit at all. But yeah, we're doing good and creating a good little vibe. And I think our toughest time is right now. Yeah, our yeah, our easy sure. stuff is once we all get riding and going to the tracks and, and then all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, I, it, but like you said, if it's a, a completely different perspective, we're in a different role now in our lives and what we're doing, trying to keep newsworthy and notes and, and dramatics and, and, and storylines, they're coming at it from the racer. But I also feel like they're old enough now that they're not going to hold their, it's not, they're not new racers. They're not um, young kids that'll be scared to say things. Yeah. I feel like they're going to be, that's going to be a good listen once we get into the race season, you know, whether there's a yellow flag docking thing or uh, yeah. um, stuff like that at the track, I think that's going to come out and, and we're going to get some good, good takes. And those two have shared both to my face and uh, on their pods. If they run into each other, it's all at war. Like they want to both want to win. Yeah. So that could create some pretty good uh, <laughs> yeah, listening. You know, I mean, awesome. as we know, guys, our biggest show was the Chilliwack one, and it was because I folded a fucking truck and it was bleeding. Yeah, like <laughs> drama. People love yeah. dr people love dramatic and and high scary stories and stuff. You know what I mean? So, um, and, and bikes, so that's just what drives bikes, the, the listener. And bruise. That's it. Bikes, berms, and bruise. There we go. Yeah, another good little pod out there yeah. to listen to to tune in. And again, those girls they're just having some fun and sharing their thoughts and and stuff like that. It's not always for everybody, but if you like Canadian moto and you enjoy 
what every like you know what to have a listen support them have a listen to them you know i haven't listened they're, to all of them obviously they're the ladies that are doing it they're huge on the women's motocross side of things i mean right. jessica long name uh lexi p show and uh, uh danica white they run the surf and berms thing too in Calgary. Yes. Right? So yeah. they're constantly doing uh ladies nights and clinics and everything it's a, it's huge like it's really big i'm just looking at a photo here right now from one of their things and like there's there's like 15, 20, 30 ladies here in this photo that are all out riding and stuff like that. So it once again, complete opposite of kind of what we're doing. So there, yeah. is, there is a space in the market for it. You know, question. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I don't, but I, well, whether they're getting a sponsor money or nothing, even on the off the gate, they're like, Oh, we never even thought of that. I'm like, I, I want to jump on board. And my uh, idea was I, I listened to it cause I'm just an idiot that way. I love everything, the moto. And I now want to provide, like I, I got, I, I threw them one of the questions um, is going to be one of their big segments on the next show. I asked how much should a Canadian pro make and how much should a lo- should the a Canadian pro be able to make at a local event? And that's me coming on an ammo side. Like how much yeah. do you deserve to make? You got eight races you guys are going to, how much do you guys really think you should be making? What's fair? What's not fair? All that kind of shit. So that's something they're going to, and only those guys could give us a really honest answer. We can give our opinion. Yeah, but they actually are in the trenches and like you're doing the work and going to the gym and, and you know, you know uh, Dylan Wright living at the dog pound right now without his wife, uh, Tanner Ward living at GPF right now without his uh, his girlfriend. And just you're, you're making those sacrifices that you have to do to get to that next level. So those kind of storylines are attractive um, coming from the mouths of the guys that are doing it. Uh, Ken, next race tech, hot or not? Okay, Goldie, I'm just sending you a picture right now. I'm sure you've seen it, but Ducati Desmo 450. Have you seen it? And if you have, what do you think of it? Looks well, nice. I, I saw what has been out there. Okay, Ken, did you take this back in like 1973 or something, this photo? What, like, holy blurry. It's blurry. It'll, um, it'll straighten no, up, I think. Oh, your Wi-Fi and I work. But no, yeah. I did see it. I think it looks great. I'm all on board with the whole uh, new manufacturers, all that stuff. But to be honest with you... I don't give a shit if they go race in America or the Europe. Like, are they coming to Canada? Yes, are we going to exactly. have yeah. the OEM come to Canada? Is Triumph going to come? Oh, here's an even funnier story, boys. I went down there. So Triumph had a booth. I'm like, oh, me and my buddy Eric are down there cruising around looking at things. I'm like, oh, let's go see if they got the bike there. We kind of take a walk around the booth. And I don't know if we were talking too much or whatever. I'm looking. I didn't see nothing. I didn't see the uh, I didn't see the new Triumph bike. Apparently it was there. And I either walked right by it or total idiot because I'd seen Z- Dario Zecco as we were walking in and out. And I'm like, ah, the only I would have thought it would have been cool to see the Triumph. It would have been neat. And then he FaceTimed me later on. He's like, dude, the bike's right here. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, what a dickhead I am. I didn't I must have walked right by the damn thing. So but yeah, you know what, Ken, I am hot on all of that but to be honest with you i don't give two shits what they do unless they're coming and putting an influx of something into our country Perfect. i'm stoked for them to go to supercross and give jobs and and europe and all this stuff but like we got a race series we sell bikes we have triumph dealers we got ducati dealers does this turn and make a, a little bit of headway in our country um so I, I am hot i like the the fact that we got some new stuff coming but i really want to see it transfer north of the border okay well i'll just throw this out there and won't uh, elaborate on it, so some of maybe the listeners can yell at me on social media, but I think it's ugly. It's just an ugly bike. Oh, well, yeah, it's not, <laughs> I guess, yeah, it wasn't that attractive. Like, so I didn't <laughs> yeah. go on that. Yeah. The look the look side of it, nah, not. Yeah. Um, the objective and plan, I, I think, is hot for sure. I yeah. love that they got Corolla yeah, I agree with that. things like that and stuff. And um, But, yeah, we'll see. Like, I, I kind of think we touched a little bit of before, but, like, you know, a Triumph dealer or a Ducati dealer, their current customer base, suit and tie, mm-hmm. clean, you know, 
no filthy, dirty motorcycle, smoking cigs, crushing bush light type of, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. No off-road in the woods, yeah. spilling fuel, like things like that. They're, so it's going to yeah. be interesting to see how the, the dealership customer base works on that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell point. you from uh, like the industry side of things, as far as like Matrix Concepts. Yeah, uh, there you go. Canada being a distribution company. So a lot of my success or our success here is because we are racers. We came from racing families and I go into dealerships and I can shoot the shit with these guys that are, you know, maybe we're at Rimby or, or they're following our podcast or they follow the nationals. They know that I work for GDR. They know I used to race. Dude, I'm scared to go into, uh, not scared, but going into a Triumph dealer or a Ducati dealer, like I have nothing <laughs> to, mm-hmm. yeah. to, to, uh, Conversate with those, these guys, if that's even a word. But um, converse, 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 converse. Sorry. Um, now it is great that it opens up an opportunity for somebody like us at Matrix to be able to sell to these dealers because we are not currently selling to them because we have nothing in our product offering to give to them. But are these guys? They're probably going to be very. They're going to stick with OEM as much as they can. It's not yeah. going to maybe transfer or transpire as much as we would like to think that it would if that makes sense right yeah no it makes sense they're going to be very corporate it's like going into the harley dealer yeah they're really only carrying harley davidson accessories right they're not carrying aftermarket stuff that even though it would work on a harley they're very corporate in that sense of things right so uh where you go into a ktm dealer not they're not just carrying ktm hard parts they're carrying rental they're carrying uh works connection all these things even though you can get that stuff from ktm um on their hard parts side but um you're right they're very suit and tie uh car salesman type yeah. people right so um i guess i better look to see if i can buy a suit if the comes. come that could be another mark little niche for you there to make some coin mats you could do matrix mats yeah exactly I'll eat that up yeah. get that started but it will be very different because the, like you said the clientele um is is very different and like you know on the dirt bike side like you know, let's say, uh, you know, Bob over here wants to go and, and he likes to look at He's not like Ken and thinks the bike's ugly. He likes to look at the bike yeah. and wants to go and buy the Ducati. And now he's dealing with some guy that knows nothing about the motocross side. And, and this Bob guy wants to tell him that, oh, you know, he rides at the local track and this and that. Like, it's going to be different for sure. Yeah. And well, and also maybe... Um, they switched it up maybe like, you know, go to St. Ange or uh, yeah. Hanover Motorsports here who just started supporting AMO. They're looking to make expansions. Maybe they just become a Triumph dirt bike and, or a Ducati dirt bike. I maybe. I could be wrong, you know? but you, I don't know if that would work that way. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting times to kind of figure that out and yeah. see where everybody kind of fits in. Yeah. Um, my last one, race tech, hot or not, I'll, I'll throw it to both. I'll start with... Ken, we got some um, very surprising news at the beginning of the show. What does the future hold um, if this is, you know, the GDR breaking uh, breaking terms with Piccolo? Are we Will we see Jake race again? Will he get healed up? Uh, like, it's kind of speculation. It's just an opinion here, boys. But hot or not, um, do you see hot him making a comeback and becoming Jake Piccolo a champion again? Or not, he's going to have to take a step away, and, and it's going to be a while since we see him. Yeah. Uh, go, Ken. Ken, go ahead. Yeah, like you said, I, we can't predict the future. But I certainly hope so. I th- and I don't see any reason why not. Like, I made a lot of dumb mistakes when I was his age, like really dumb mistakes. Was able to, to work through it. I Obviously, in a different situation, you know, it's a lot easier to keep your job as a mechanic than a professional athlete. But 
I don't see any reason why not, and I really hope he does. I guess that's all I can really say about that. Noof? Uh, I'm 50-50. I'll go lukewarm as you said that we could do yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think he's uh i think he's got some some soul searching to do and that, and there's no i i really think and i don't after he got hurt last year I, I saw you know his attitude change to where you know this was a bummer he put in a lot of time i mean to be any kind of professional athlete in any sport i mean it's time and sacrifice and yeah um you miss out on a good portion of your youth years if you want to be at that high level and the sport has changed um so yeah. much that it, it literally requires you know what did what does villain and say each sheep heat motocross ship motocross fucking you know the whole thing yeah. um i think that he's got to figure out if he wants to continue to do this and and from what i saw last summer i don't see his passion being there i mean he's been doing it since such a young kid but there's definitely a lot of talent there. I think he needs to find the fun in it again um, and uh, and kind of get some things figured out on his side of life. So I'll go in the middle on that. All right, there you have it. Race Tech, hot or not, racetech.com, Canadian Motocross Unfiltered podcast. Big thanks to KTM Gas Gas and Husqvarna Canada. Big supporters of everything we do. Big supporters of ammo. Um, really, really, truly appreciate what they do over there. Yamaha Motor Canada joining us this year. Uh, we're going to do some fun things with them, uh, some giveaways throughout the year. Gopher Dunes, uh, of course, GDR, Honda Fox team, and of course, Gopher Dunes Park, uh, Renegade, Hall Race Fuel, AMO, and Matrix Concepts Canada. Gentlemen, uh, two weeks' time, we'll do this again. Noof, uh, I'm going to bring this up a little bit on the show, but I, well, I kind of talked to you a bit before. But I've had a whack of people sending me sort of like old videos yeah. of uh, stuff that I put up on my Guaranteed MX YouTube um, and stuff like that. Is it dumb for us to – should we do a little pod with these guys? Ken, what do you think? Should we add something to our channel where maybe me and Noof call you and we just kind of well, – almost like the re-raceables that Steve does. I hate to keep sort of semi – you know, not stealing, but – those ideas but i've watched a few of them if we just put them on mute noof and, and told stories from like you were pretty much at them since the beginning like i was yeah we could we, there's a lot of funny stories and behind certain things um i mean of, we could give it a try i think it's a good idea um, i was thinking maybe it'd be fun once the nationals get up as something towards the week of the nationals and so i might pick maybe uh maybe and if you have some uh you know, lore in your in your big brain there of, of memories. Pick like five one five of them. Okay. Maybe maybe three to five of them. Noof, do the same thing. Three to five of them, and I'll do a three to five with. We'll put them in the group text and see if something makes sense. And I, I just think, I don't know. I've watched a couple lately. Just because people send me links or some some screenshot thing, and I'm like, holy shit, I remember that. That was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, can you believe that? I just almost watched the whole 2016 series the other day. Really? Jesus, I was like, oh shit, I don't remember that then. Oh yeah, look at that. That was pretty cool. And oh yeah, who won that moto and stuff like that. And and um and it also sparked my interest again because I was looking up Moffenbeyer uh, stats when I did that interview with him. Oh, so yeah. um anyway, lots of history there. And new, she brought up. Kids don't look at the heritage. So maybe we could put little segments on our Instagram where they might watch for 15 seconds because we can get their attention for that long. <laughs> totally. Right? Um, sure. I mean, how many people either messaged you or gave a thumbs up or commented on your interview that I put up of from Deschambeau? Or actually, well, it was at Walton, but about Deschambeau. Yeah. yeah well. Did you cry? No, brought back some good memories, though. 
Yeah, confidence, man. You were confident. That's what you said. You said it 10 times. <laughs> there you go, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. Ryan Gold, Ken Catton, and Ryan Lockhart. Lots of things to come. Thanks for tuning in, boys. You enjoy yourselves, and we will be in touch. Okay, see ya. Have a good one. An old man's walking down the street, living in his memories. He doesn't see the traffic flashing by. Doesn't feel the warm sea breeze Dancing in the darkness Dancing with his mystery Hidden in the shadows Long, long ago Dancing in the darkness